the past year and a half or so, I felt like God kind of had me in a holding pattern. And several months ago, I realized He actually has put me in the perfect position to be available to my kids right now. And some people would say, well, you're a mom, you're always available to your kids, which is true. But my kids are 14 and 16. And I think we tend to think that teenagers are mature and you know independent, and so we can just kind of let them do their own thing. Um, and there's truth to that, but they're also at a very critical age where they're figuring out who they are, and they're really inundated with social media and a lot of other um, things that affect the way that um, they see themselves. So I'm just in a really great um, season where I can just spend time with them, like whether we're driving to school and just talking or laughing at TikToks together. Um, it's just a time to have just a constant open conversation where I can just be available to them and just listen to them and, um, and it's just really a privilege. So that's the season I'm in. I'm still a mom and it's just um, a different aspect of being a mom and I enjoy it and I'm really grateful for it. Come on, let's give it up for Miss Diane Adams. Come on. <laughs> Laughing at TikToks. Man, Diane is more relevant than me for sure. So super encouraging. Called by God has been our series. That's where we'll be this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 19. And we're going to be there in just a moment, John chapter 19. Um, I'm excited. I've shared this verse maybe a, a time or two. Uh, typically on Mother's Day, Brandy is up here giving the word to our Luminous family. And we got women representing, um, which is awesome. But unfortunately, she's doing a full-time job teaching first graders. And she said, if I have to preach you're out of the house. So I just conceded and said, I'll preach. And uh, I'm really excited. I, I called my mom and I said, mom, I need some, I need some material. I need some mom material this morning. So she actually gave me seven points on basically some, some um, guidelines that she used parenting uh, as we were uh, growing up. And I'm going to share those this morning with you. And so uh, it may look a little bit differently than we normally do. I'm going to and just spit out Mama K's Proverbs to you, and we're going to expound some of those, which will be really great and refreshing, I hope. And uh, we, we love Mother's Day. We love our moms. And as you know, we make it a really big deal here at Luminous because we think that that is a role, whether um, you're a stay-at-home mom or you're in the corporate world, um, moms matter a whole lot to our children and to our families. And without you, uh, we would not be who God called us to be. And so I think this is a good opportunity to really highlight the women in our church and the moms and the moms to be, you know, sometimes you like, man, I'm not a mom or, or I, um, I'm not able to be a mom. And so I want to let you know that that moms can look a lot of different ways. I love that what um, Julia said is maybe it was your aunt. Maybe it was somebody else who raised you. And I just want, don't want you to lay it down because maybe it's not happening your way. God still has some children for you to raise. He still has some spiritual sons and daughters. There's still people in your life around you that you're able to really um, invoke what God has put in you to be. Be the mother that you're called to be. And so do not neglect that. I want to let you know if you're a woman here, there is, there is something that God has put inside of you that people need, that people need, that children need. 
God's calling, I want to talk about stewardship this morning. God's calling is stewardship. It's stewardship. And um, sometimes when we use the word steward, it just basically means entrusted with some sort of possession. And some possession that God has given you and being entrusted to oversee that, to care for it. And usually we love stewardship to be applied to finances. But I want to just talk about the stewardship of being a mom, a stewardship of being a parent, that it's God's calling over our life. Take notes. Maybe you're a man. And you're already checking out. I got a little something for you. I got a little something for you. Don't check out on me. Don't leave me. Stewardship. In John chapter 19, verse 25 through 29, says this, but standing by the cross of Jesus, where his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene, when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing, all, knowing that all has now been finished, said, To fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar of full of sour wine stood there, and so they put a sponge full of sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. This is a moment where I want to talk about the fact that Jesus was a great steward, and he models stewardship for us in motherhood and fatherhood and the thing that God has called you to do, that you are called to be a steward. And we see even in his final hours, Jesus is concerned with this concept of stewardship, that there was things entrusted to Jesus. And before he died, he went ahead and set the will in place. He went ahead and got his house in alignment. And in this moment, he looks to the one he loves and he says, this is your mother. And he talks to her and he says, woman. Now, woman is a term of endearment in the Jewish culture. It's not, it's not how we use woman, you know, because how we use woman is quite differently sometimes. No, this is a term of endearment. So, so it's good to know culture as you're studying scripture, isn't it? It's good to know a little bit of context. Maybe read a couple of commentaries. If something doesn't sit right with you. Because of your American culture, I would entice you to look into some commentary and find out that maybe there's something meaningful that means differently than your lens that you're reading it through. Isn't that important, church? So that's what we're trying to do here. And that's what I hope to convey to you as we get into this. God was not leaving things undone. When Jesus went to the cross, he was completing everything about his assignment and mission on the earth. And we see it even in the last hours as he instructs to his mother that I'm going to take care of you. And he raises this disciple and says, I want you to take care of her. Now it could be debated. Maybe if more disciples were there, maybe he would have chosen another disciple. Maybe he would have made that proclamation to all the disciples. But all the other disciples were coward, right? They were, they were scared. They were scattered. They weren't with the women in this hour. It was John who was there. But it's important to note John was the one he loved. 
Now, he loved all of his disciples, just like you love all your bros, right? You, you love them all, but there's some, somebody has to get that favorite spot in your phone, you know? That number one contact. It's my wifey. It's my, it's my wife, you know? The, that's number one. If you're married, make your spouse your number one. That's, that's, that's a tidbit right now. I'm just helping you out. Just helping you out there. If they're not, I know everybody's checking phones right now. Don't check phones. Let, give them an opportunity. Give them an opportunity to change it. But it's this moment that this is John, the one that I love, and I'm calling you to steward my mom. And it was in that moment that isn't it amazing? He already takes this assignment seriously because he takes the women that very hour with him. So the women may not have even witnessed his last breath. May not have even witnessed that moment. They may have shielded her from that moment. It says that very hour. So possibly John's already taking care of them. I love that scripture tells us that they went that hour. He took them. He cared for them. It was a mission that he takes seriously. How many know that God is calling us to different assignments? And those assignments, we need to be ready to act in that assignment. Isn't that true? What God is calling you to steward, he's wanting you to act that very hour. He's wanting you to act in that moment. He wants you to move. He's calling you. Don't just sit on it. Don't just say, I got you, Jesus, and do nothing. You see, Amy, Jesus probably got to witness John carry his mother away. How much love was that in return of that obedience and that step? Jesus loves when we obey. And as we take steps of obedience when he calls us to do something, it makes him joyful and brings joy to him. He, he is still working. Jesus is still working. He is still moving. And he's constantly giving opportunities and assignments and encouragement. He's speaking life into your workplace. He's speaking life as you're mothering, as you're fathering. He's speaking life into your studies and your school. He's giving you different opportunities. He's calling you into different opportunities. And we need to embrace that calling. But oftentimes... We just, we just give up. We get a little difficult. You see, it would, be a, it would be very, very appealing in that moment to have given up on Jesus when you're seeing the one that you love, the one who's dying, the one who's supposed to be the Messiah, the one who said that the kingdom is coming, the one who said the king of the Jews. All this stuff is, is right there. It could be easy to give up on him in that moment. Have you ever been down in a game? Maybe you played soccer, maybe football. Have you ever been really down? Like where you just want them to blow the whistle and for the game to be over? Am I the only one? I mean, I, mean, I play ninth grade volleyball. I play ninth grade volleyball. Sorry, Chris, that's me. It's just, it's just my antenna. Okay, and I play ninth grade volleyball, and there were times when we were so down. Could you just blow the whistle? You know, could we just end it at halftime? Could we be done with this moment? And I want to let you know that when you face difficulty, that doesn't mean the whistle has blown on your assignment. Right? When you, when you face obstacles, it doesn't mean like game is over. It may mean that God is setting up a comeback in your life. 
Now, now maybe you're a, a man in here and you like football. Some women like football. I'm not going to be, you know, that kind of pastor. Uh, but if you like football, and, and mostly men do, uh, in 1992, you may remember the greatest comeback of all time. The Buffalo Bills against the Houston Oilers. Do you remember this? Some of you are like, I wasn't even born. But you watch ESPN highlights, you know. It was that moment, man. It was that moment with the greatest comeback. The Bills, 27 to 3, down 27 to 3, going in halftime. They have their backup QB, Frank Reich, and he's there, and it's the backup QB. They're down 27 to 3. It's AFC Championship. They're going to the Super Bowl, and they are down. And there was this locker room talk. It's like, man, we got, we got to get back up. We got to go. We got to go. You know how locker room talks go. You know, God's been giving you some locker room talks too. Isn't that true? In your assignment, he's been saying, hey, you may be down, but it's not over. The whistle hasn't been blown. And so in this moment, they come back out and they're like, okay, we got to score first. What happens? I believe it's an interception and they get scored again. 35 to 3. And all the fans of the Bills, they're like, I'm out. They gave up on them. They were, they were leaving. You already know where this is going. They were leaving. They were going. And then, and then Andre Reid was like, man, forget that. What if we score and get the fans back in here? You know, what if we, what if we score and just make it a game? And that's exactly what they did, just point after point, touchdown after touchdown. It says that the, the Bills fans were seen on camera jumping the fence, coming back into the game just to witness this. And there they go. They win the game for the greatest comeback, arguably, in NFL history. See, the whistle hadn't been blown. And that seems impossible. There was this moment, fourth down. If they didn't complete this pass, it was over. They completed it for a touchdown. You see, I'm just saying that God, in these difficult moments, is saying, don't give up. I've given you an assignment. I've given you something to steward. And I don't want you to get discouraged. No whistle has been blown. If you're still breathing, you're not done. This is what God has called us to. This is what he wants for us. This is what he has called us to. And so Mama K gave me some advice. And I want to look at some of Mama K advice for some of our moms out there. And the number one thing that she says, I don't know if these are in order, Mom. But, but you know, it's just they're not in order. You can take them however you want. But she says this, speak or pray life over your children. Speak or pray life over your children wherever you go. Isaiah 54, 13 says this, And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. That you should speak life over them. Just pray over them. That you would teach them how to do this. That there is favor upon them. This is what we're called to do. The second thing she says is don't curse your kiddos. Now, that comes into the place of speaking or praying life over your children, but don't curse your kiddos. Proverbs 18, 21, you know it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. That you, as a Christian parent, that you are, you are blessed and you're called to be a blessing to your children and speak life into them. You're not there to just punish your children. 
And my mom said, you're not there to punish them. That's not really your assignment. Your assignment is speak life into them. Speak, speak life and speak encouragement. Now, sometimes they make some mistakes. Some consequences happen, right? But if you think your assignment is just to punish your children or teach your children a lesson, you may be coming at it at the wrong angle. Isn't that true? No, we're, we're there to speak life over them, to love them, to, to life and death are in the power of tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Those who love encouraging and those who love speaking life, that you're going to see the fruit in your children. You'll also see the fruit in your friendships. Isn't that true? You're like a college student, so I'm bringing you in here. Bring you in here, Jaira. You know, you speak life to your roommate. You speak life to another college student. You speak life, and you'll eat the fruit of the things that you speak. The third thing she, she says, Mama K, pray and ask so your joy is full. John 16, 24. Till now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So pray with and for your children. And as you do, there's going to be answered prayers. And that will bring joy to their soul and yours. You realize that like as you teach your children to pray and fight for them and pray for them, that this, this fulfillment comes inside of you that's full of joy. Full of joy. How I many of you know we need some joy? Yes, we need some joy. So speak that. Encourage it. The fourth thing she says is walk away. Walk away when you're angry. Walk away when you're about to say something that you're going to regret. Walk away before sitting there trying to argue with your teenager that your way is the right way. Maybe you should just walk away because what's spoken is really hard to repair. Isn't that true? Sometimes you'll say things in the moment out of your emotions that you didn't really mean. I didn't mean it. Sometimes you just got to go for a walk. 15 20 minutes, you know, just say, hey, we'll talk about this later. Go for a drive, walk around. Now, if you have toddlers, don't do that because they can get into stuff. You know, like put them in the playpen before you walk away. Just walk away. Cool down. Be gentle. Don't react, right? Don't react to moments. You'll find yourself so healthy if you do that. The fifth thing is listen to the inner voice of the Holy Spirit. That you have to listen to his voice. That he's going to guide you and he's going to direct you. And I know my mom, there was times the Holy Spirit spoke to her. And sometimes things don't sound rational to your children. Sometimes they don't make sense. How many know that's true? Sometimes it just, you, you just don't know why you aren't letting them go out tonight. You don't know why they aren't, they just want to go get a burger, what a burger, that's all they want to do. But there was this drop by the Holy Spirit that said, don't let them go. Those moments we have to listen to, those moments we have to be obedient to, that means that we have to be attuned to his voice. To be attuned means you have to be sitting with him. You need his presence. You need to be around him. The Holy Spirit will speak and when he does, just say it. And I've, I've learned this. The Holy Spirit speaks to Brandy. 
I don't try to reason or argue or, or play all the angles because I love the angles. Anybody love the angles? I love the pro-con list. Yes, we love the pro-con list. I don't do that. If it's the Lord, it's the Lord. I'm going to be quiet. Vice versa. Ladies, if your husband feels something and he heard from the Lord, submit to that. He's not trying to have a power trip or control. It's just instruction by the Holy Spirit. And we want to be sensitive to what he says. It saves our kids from sorrow. Saves our kids from disappointment. It could save our kids from destruction or despair. There may be a time the Holy Spirit would say, I don't want your child to hang out with that child. And that's tough because we're supposed to be a light into the world. We're supposed to love the lost. We're supposed to right, kindle in our neighborhoods. We're supposed to do all that. But there may be a check. And the Holy Spirit says, don't let them hang out alone. Don't let them hang out unsupervised. Now, you don't go tell your, the other parent, hey, sorry, Holy Spirit told me my kid can't hang out with your kid. I don't know. Maybe your kid has something demonic on him. I don't know. Oh, man, you're still full of love, full of grace, still encouraging, still helping. The sixth thing, Mama K says, consider what your kiddos listen to and watch. Philippians 4.8 says this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Be careful what your children listen to and watch. And sometimes you may go a little extreme. Sometimes you may be a little off your rocker, so your kids think, which I thought of Mama Kay sometimes. In fact, I remember this moment, this moment. My mom chuckles about this. She's going to laugh. But there was this moment that we were sitting there, and we were collecting our toys, and we had toy collections, and, and we were all about it. I'm an 80s baby, you know, 80s. The toys were strange and all this stuff. But, man, we had, the, we had the Star Wars figurines, and we had the Ninja Turtle figurines, but we also had He-Man figurines. You remember He-Man? Yeah, come on. Castle of Skull, you know, wielding our sword, you know, all this manly boy stuff stuff and and my mom went to a conference and I don't know what that pastor said he probably said something I'm saying right now that's bringing some conviction to some parents right now and she comes home and she heard the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is like you need to get rid of those toys so I see her with this garbage bag just putting the toys in the garbage bag not he man mom not you know how much that's going to be worth later. You have no idea. <laughs> Everything went in there. She didn't even donate it, I don't believe. I think it went to the trash can. She said, if, it, if my kids can't have it, no other kid can have it. <laughs> Threw that thing away. We were devastated and scarred. <laughs> but you know, when you listen to the Holy Spirit, when he speaks over your life, sometimes you'll do things that make your kids irate. Sometimes you'll do things, you try to explain it to them, but you also don't want them to be like mad at God. You know, like it's a delicate balance. It's a tension. 
But if you just tell your children, the Lord told me if you have this, it's going to be destructive for your life. The Lord told me if you listen to this, it's going to bring about a mindset that trusts more the world around us than the king of kings. You see, there's this moment that we have to draw a line into the sand and say, you know, sometimes He-Man and Grayskull has to go in the trash bag. Maybe not for your family. I'm not saying He-Man's bad for every family. My mom thought he was. <laughs> there may be moments that you have to get rid of stuff because you don't know what it's going to produce in your children. A moldable, shapeable mind. So you're discipling this next generation, college students and high school students, middle school students, our elementary and younger. We have to be so inclined to encourage them to listen to things that are godly, to watch things that are going to encourage the kingdom, that are about living for the, the world that's out here that God has set up instead of living for every pleasure that entices us. But mom, you don't understand. This is what everybody's listening to. You don't want me to be weird, do you? Yeah, I kind of do. I want you to be radical. I want you to be so set apart when they see you, they see Jesus. I want you to speak in authority that changes lives, that heals people, that heals marriages. You're going to be whole when you meet your spouse. You're going to be whole when you go work for that employer. You're going to be whole when you start that business. You're going to be about the kingdom and what God has instructed, not about what the world is applauding over here, liking, hearting, doing all those things. I want to tell you right now, sometimes... It's okay to be a little radical. Sometimes it's okay to be so set apart that people see Jesus in you and they still want to be your friend. It's amazing to me. Is everybody I know who's lived for God and lived this integrity, they were bullied and hated for a season, but later they were friends with everybody. Later, everybody wanted him. It's almost like the enemy comes and just tests to see how fragile you are. Just comes and pushes on you, seeing if you'll break. And that's what he really wants. He wants you to break. But when you say, no, I'm standing. I'm set apart. I'm made whole. I'm made well. My mom's fought for me. My dad's fought for me. My aunt's fought for me. My uncle's fought for me. My grandma's fought for me. My grandfather's fought for me. When everybody's fighting for you, you bring something inside you saying, I'm standing, I'm not compromising. I'm standing, I'm not compromising. In a world of gender fluidity, it's because people aren't saying, hey, it's time to stand for how God has created you in the very image of God. It's time to stand. There's moments where it's so easy to just go with this applause and go with this compromise and go with these things and, and just go with the wave of culture. I want to be, I want to confess to you. I want to confess to you. It would be easier. It would be easier. I'd get better sleep maybe. I would enjoy myself maybe. I would, there would be some pleasures on this earth that I would just, whew, so it would be nice not to hold all those tensions right now. So it would be nice to not, not figure out how to say everything so biblical. It would be nice to just say whatever I wanted and whatever I felt. But the Lord is calling you to be set apart. And moms, you're doing so well. 
You're doing so well. Give yourself some grace. Give yourself some grace. Because Mama K says in point seven, remember, there are no perfect parents. There's no perfect parents. This is what God has called us to do. To steward. If I had time, I'd go into talking about the authority that he imparts into John. Likening it to the authority that he imparts to the disciples in Matthew 28. You see the shadow of it when Moses imparts his authority to Joshua. As parents in us in leadership and authority, we're submitted to God's authority. And soon you'll be imparting that authority to your children to go reign on this earth, share the gospel, to love the lost. It's hard because when you're radical, sometimes you can be so extreme that it's a turnoff. I want to encourage you that God is love. And the way that you parent, the way that you move, and the way that our church will show the world that he is will be the way that we love one another and the way that we love people outside of these walls. They're going to know us. There'll be fruit in our life where people will be attracted to it, so attracted that they'll want what you have. So thankful for our moms, thankful for you parenting your children. Have grace. If you haven't done everything correctly, who has? If there's something you need to apologize for, apologize. If there's something you compromised on, repent, change, move forward. Let's believe that God is coming. That he's coming to heal and he's coming to move. Jesus' stewardship was to his mother, but it was also to the world. The stewardship on the cross was to die a death that you and I deserve to die. You and I deserve death, complete separation for eternity from God because we are sinners. But Jesus died the death that we deserve so that we could repent of our sins. Trust Jesus and follow him for the rest of our days. If you've never done that, and never surrender to Jesus, I want to let you know you can do that this morning. If you wouldn't mind, bow your head and close your eyes. Jesus sees you. He loves you. He's fought for you. The way he took care of his mother with John is exactly the way he'll take care of you. It's what he did on the cross. This is why he went to take care of you. For when you were lost, he said, I have made a way for you to be found. Simply confess your sins, saying, God, I'm a sinner. I'm sorry. I recognize you as Lord. I believe in you, and I trust in you, and I'm going to choose to follow you for the rest of my days. Do that. Confess it. And watch how the Lord makes you new. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, you will be changed forever. Father, thank you for anybody who's praying that. 
bless them this morning. And God, for our moms this morning, and even our dads, or those who are sitting here and felt like, man, they made a mistake. They messed up. He said something out of the flesh. Maybe it was truthful. It just wasn't delivered rightly. Lord, help us. Forgive us. Let us move on and let us listen to you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name.